This is Catching Waves, the podcast that started as a casual conversation between three brothers on a hike through Muir Woods. It evolved into a continuous exploration of philosophy, brotherhood, and life. We welcome you to join us as we question, experiment, document, and grow. But claim no responsibility if you achieve cosmic consciousness, elevate to the supreme bodhisattva incarnate, or find yourself dumpster surfing in Skid Row while following along at home. Listener discretion is advised. And, as always, all waves caught during our exploration were safely released. Enjoy. Episode 145, Control. What the hell does that even mean? How often does the urge come up? Do we have it? Can we be in control? How can things be out of control? What does that mean? Does control exist? If so, do we have control of control? What do we have control of? What happens when we let go of control? All right, well, episode 145, control. What was your experience with this after I sent that text over? Yeah, I thought it was cool and kind of broad, and I I dig it. Control, like there's a million ways that I could take this as far as the kind of stuff we normally talk about. Of course, I always think of Laura Branigan, (laughs) self-control, right out of the gate. Janet Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that uh, my mind kind of goes to what we can control and what we can't. And I feel like most of my life when I'm kind of living not in the kind of zone that I'd like, you know, where you're kind of react- reacting to things instead of making your way through and kind of deciding how you want to be. Usually it's focusing on things that I can't control. Mm-hmm. And I think there's very few things that you have 100% control over. And if you really focus on those, I think you find a lot of peace. And other things tend to not bother you as much. But it's funny how it's easy to get diverted from that and and try to navigate or get mad at outcomes that you had no control over. And I I think that, uh, I don't know, I got curious about that. Like what? What causes you to be focused so much on what you can't control and what blinds you from not taking advantage of what you can control? I think a lot of excuses are usually what blind you (laughs) and trying to to blame it on things outside of yourself and what you can and can't control. And emotions. I think part of it's like emotional protection too. Yeah. How about yourself? What did you, what do you think? I definitely had that, that thought of the, you know, the uh, Epictetus's lines from the Enchiridion where I remember taking that class and it was really refreshing to hear someone say, let's, let's talk about this. What can we control? Take a step back. And we don't often do that. We just try to steer our ship and are the circumstances of our life towards what we want and away from what we don't want, which 
at an excess can make us crazy. And just taking a step back to say, wait, can you control, you know, the, the opinion of others? Well, no. And it's kind of just to ask yourself that question, you seemingly automatically let go, which is nice. And then that attention is yours again to apply to something that maybe you have a little bit more of an ability to control something else. And uh, you're a little bit less divided. And that was, I had a little bit of that thought. That was, uh, but it, but even then I feel like, yeah, I like the fact that you had said that there's probably very few things that we have 100% control over. It's like, is there, brings up the question, is there a degree of control? What would that degree be? <clears throat> Well, what's something that you think, uh, it, to use the Incaridian as an example, I mean, I, I guess I forget, I remember the, uh, one of the things he said that you didn't have control over was other people's opinions. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe it's better to state that maybe we have, we have some influence, seemingly, but... I, I, I started to doubt whether I had control over anything. I mean, you have some kind of influence uh, over... I think it's helpful to pay attention to the, that kind of... What I saw was that, like uh, this automatic grasping reflex in me when something happened that I didn't care for. And I started to pay attention to that. And I felt... It's going to probably get a little zenny right now, but I felt more in control when I was able to kind of separate myself from that that kind of knee-jerk reaction to try to control the situation. So it's, you have at least the appearance of, I guess I'm not answering your question either, but <laughs> um, I, I don't know what the degree is. And maybe it works in reverse. Maybe it's, uh, you have more control when you're not when you're not trying to control yeah i guess you're kind of more in tune with what you can at that point which is just your reactions to things there's so much in our lives that we have no control over even though we like to think that we have maybe a little more say in things than we do but then we give away something like our reactions to things in our emotional state. You give it away for free, getting riled up about bullshit that you have very little say in, like extremely little say in. Maybe it's it's kind of linked where we'll jump into something in a in an out of control moment, just out of the, the fact that we can't control it. It throws us into that spin. <clears throat> yeah getting pissed off 
and once once that reaction happens and then whether you don't like your reaction or simply you're on board with your reaction and don't like what's going on it seems like the more that happens and the more you try to correct the more you just keep sliding into that kind of cyclone yeah well that totally seems like one of those it's it's one of those dynamics that it's going to push you further away from it if we can get really clear on like what do you actually control what's the what's the position of power that you can kind of be in and keep yourself more in that spot even if something outside of you happens that you're not too stoked about by staying in your in your good spot you're going to navigate that better and it'll probably turn out you know the outcomes will turn out closer to what you'd like down the road mm-hmm. you kind of extend off of that it's amazing it's just like when you're having a good day and nothing can really get you down it's like can you get into a place where you're you're letting go of everything and by doing that you're kind of controlling more than you normally would and nothing nothing really bothers you and then when you do go to make a choice it'll be much more to your liking but everything else you roll with it i think that's a really good place to be and ironically you're not in control but you kind of are because you're really only controlling your own reactions and your own view and viewpoint of things, your own judgments. Mm-hmm. How do you know? How do you know what is going to be best, you know, for anything? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that's definitely something that came up even just today. Um, I had so many things that I wanted to do and I seemingly had to do. And but to catch myself already starting to go into that kind of that um, cycle of many reactions, I was able to just calm down. And uh, lately this, um, this phrase, I I believe I read it in a book before, um, but I'm reading uh, currently I'm reading a stranger in a strange land. And the main character has this phrase that he uses and he they don't really explain it too well but between the interactions you can kind of get a sense of what it is and one of the other characters asked this guy mike um you know should we do this and he just says waiting is and i kind of got the sense that it's just about you're going to hang back you're not going to Something's not going to come up, and you're going to grab a hold of the tiller and say, "Yes, that's going to happen just like this, and this is what we got to do." And it's like you get excited, either negatively or positively, but all in all, you are—you see something, you feel something, and say, "Okay, I've got it from here." And the more you do that, the more, uh, in my experience, the more out of control it feels the more there's a fighting the the more there is a fear there the more there's a a wrestling of panic almost and when i kind of just had that thought pop in my mind when i started to feel like okay it's happening you can feel thoughts and emotions and this this weird kind of inner spasm of like I, I kind of wonder if that is if control exists is that is it just an attempt and is it that feeling inside me where i feel it grip 
but to become aware of that and for me i had that thought waiting is and everything just kind of calmed down and i almost had like a gene wilder moment like okay before everything gets out of control forget about it I, i'm i'll get it right in the end and then every single time i kind of had that moment and just said you know just wait for it 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 always came to pass and something came along and helped me or cleared up the situation um even when things fell through it's like good i had a lot going on today but then this falls through perfect and and then this swing you know something else comes in and that's perfect too it's just like you that center of power if you want to call it that feels like you're just watching the show and you're watching things move in and everything's good and things are things aren't you know normally you might think that okay this didn't pan out but you have this trust that you almost kind of feel like no that was meant to be and that happened for a reason and you're just watching this show and all the pieces are flowing how they should flow and you're just surfing you know mhm i'm i'm amazed at how well the eye of the storm metaphor instantly gets me to the right place. And I've been in that, that kind of vibe for, you know, being at busy places or hectic moments in life, I think, but it really applies every day because there's plenty of stuff that you would like to change or that you'd like to know the outcome or something like that. But just getting back to that eye of the storm really clicks me into just a different kind of austere way of being, you know? Mm. When when he says waiting is, that's referring to waiting is control, right? I don't know. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I haven't finished that book, and it's funny. Uh, you know, um, for anyone listening, uh, you and I have read another series of books, and the author had claimed to have read Stranger in a Strange Land. And I could swear he mentioned the, that whole idea. I don't know if he used the term waiting is, but that was kind of a concept. It's, I want to say there was a phrase that he used, wait, wait for unfolding. And I feel like I understand the concept, the, the general idea more than the very specific phrase, which is nice. It's a, you, ha- you have this understanding of the underlying meaning. And you're not so hung up on the words. And when you it, say we read the, are you talking about Jed McKenna's books or Richard Rose? Uh, Jed McKenna. Yeah. Okay. I I had this this kind of uh, writing session going on when this first happened, and I was writing things, and I kind of. I had many moments of catching myself, uh, well, to, to move back a little bit. I was always very frustrated when, you know, years ago, reading anything about Buddhism or meditation or Zen. And I, I remember reading so many people say, you know, just be the watcher, just be the witness. And if something bad happens, just watch. And then if you have all sorts of reactions, just watch that. And it was infuriating 
because it was like, uh, what you're talking about sounds so boring. And maybe I don't want that, which was probably true. Um, but when I thought about this topic, it seemed like... It, and I, I'm not shitting on their their methods or whatever from the people I read, but it it didn't seem to give... It gave me a lot to look at, but it was too broad. I I felt like in my writing session that you could probably boil everything coming up every single event in your consciousness in your awareness as some type of attempt to control whatever it is it's it always kind of boils back oh well that's that's this maybe it's not me trying to do it but it's it's definitely i can kind of get this feeling of this attempt to control comes up this grasping this kind of spasm to varying degrees and it was, it kind of simplified the exercise and I, I'm not great at it now, but every now and then, I mean, you had to have a, a good day where it just kind of clicked and I could kind of hang back in that, that center of the cyclone, like you'd said, and just watch things happen, you know, from that standpoint. All that ever really comes up is, you know, there's sensory data, there's visual images, audio, sensations, thoughts, and feelings. And it felt like being back there and just almost, well, even just use the term waiting, I'm waiting for that reflex, that, that spasm to happen. So instead of it, instead of being so, you know, not having any distance between me and what's going on, kind of pulling back and watching and waiting for it, expecting it, and not not trying to keep it from happening, but just watching. It was like when it did happen, it I could smooth it all out, or it, it itself got smoothed out. As soon as it happened, it just dissipated, which I think that when you're not paying attention and you're not waiting for it, it could vary, you know, thoughts and feelings come up and they're, they feel like you did them. You feel like, yes, that's true. No, this shouldn't happen. And you kind of ride that wave, that wave to try to control the situation, whether it's trying to steer everything one way or steer or fight or fear, you know, fly, uh, flee from another. You don't go either way. You kind of just stay in that middle ground and everything's, and not to say that everything's cool and you don't care what happens, um, and not to say that you don't, but you stay in your center. And that feels like control to me. That feels like there, I don't know if I necessarily have it, but it definitely feels like that. that's what control I, maybe it's even what, you know, uh, religious people feel when they let go. They feel like, oh, it's it's in his hands. And it's a, it's an apt metaphor. And I don't have a problem with it. It's it 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 makes sense to me. You don't feel like you're doing a whole lot, which is kind of nice uh, in comparison to, you know, feeling feeling so stressed and being trying to control everything 
Yeah, what do you think you're really letting go when you get to that spot? Is it everything? Is it something specific? Because I know that feeling too. You're just like, fuck it, I don't... I'm done. And then you get this big relaxation and it's like you're not holding on to everything at that point. But like, what specifically are you letting go of at that point? I I think everything that comes up really is, you know, if this is, I don't want to play with what ifs, but everything that I'm aware of seems to be something that I think, something that I believe, something that I, it conjures up every attempt that I have and it feels like in a way like i'm letting go of myself and i'm hoping that's not just something that i read but i'm starting to see it every single thing is well i i believe this and it shouldn't be this way and i can see that but as soon as i can see that i'm not it i can just watch it come up and watch it leave mm mm-hmm. The thoughts come and go, the feelings come and go, the circumstances change, and and when I'm in that place, there's a there's a certain distance from it. So I don't really feel you know, I don't really feel that identified, that sensitive about this happening over here. I'm cool with it. Don't worry, it won't last forever. <laughs> it it'll hardly last very long at all. And you definitely get that sense that more of a sense that, Oh, it's not personal. <laughs> and it, you can also, I, I tend to be, have these very curious and entertaining moments where you, something else happens. And normally I get so worried because I think, well, if this doesn't happen, then this won't happen. And if I don't take the wheel, then everything's going to go to shit. But then you hang back and even then you don't get it right away but then some curious circumstance happens and it's like and you see it and it seems it's a it's like a those quotidian miracles you know it's feels like wow why did that happen like that it almost feels like it happened because you let go it happened because you're just watching and you're not you know white knuckling the wheel It's funny though, I for the majority of these couple weeks since I sent that prompt out, um, as nice as I feel today and you know, clear as I do feel, I had so many moments that just felt like dear God, right after I suggested this prompt, it just felt like heaven and earth conspired against me to give me great examples of my of my I, I don't know if they're mine, but just definitely attempts to control. And the whole way it felt like, what did I do? I just <laughs> I just conjured up a monster, you know? I mean, that place that you're talking about being in, when you're in that mode of being, that definitely sounds like the elusive watcher, like you're saying. 
Because you do, you get to realize how much is kind of just passing through experience. And we're really good at weaving stories of who we are, what we are. And a lot of it sticks. A lot of it makes a lot of sense. But I think that we adopt a lot that we'd rather not, you know, unconsciously or subconsciously add it to our story. When it's just not true. Those are just things that cruised on by. You can still let them cruise on by. It feels better. It feels, it feels more like living that razor's edge kind of, you know, you're moving forward and you're not holding on to too much, too much baggage. And, uh, and not like, not like baggage of your past, but like baggage of your viewpoint of things. Yeah. It's just not that oftentimes it's, it's, it's not that helpful in the moment on anything. It's better just to approach things being present with it. I think you can be aware of the past and the future, but it's a slippery slope. As soon as you start to get in there and, you know, you're, you're, you're not present. You're, the more you get into something happening a certain way that shouldn't be that way or, or should stay that way or improve itself. I mean, you're, you're diving back into the story of you, of everything that you believe should it, you know, should be, should not be, is true, is false, which is all just your story. But when you do, when you're waiting, when you're, when you're just watching what's going on, you, the, the band, the band uh, of attention becomes, there's probably a, a lot of things wrong with what I'm how I'm saying this, but like that razor's edge, what you're talking about, you're here, you're present. Nothing's going to grab you away and take you into one of, you know, an infinite number of different types of dreams where you're trying to uh, manipulate something into something else or away from something else, but you're you're lost in the past, you're lost in the future, you're lost into all sorts of fantasies. And it sometimes they're great. But it's amazing to me when I can get, you know, I get snapped out of those and it feels like you're in a dream. You weren't really here. And guess what I'm saying too is that like when you are here and you are awake you realize not that there's nothing going on but whatever you're going to say is going on is going to be an idea of what's going on a feeling a belief about what's going on it's not going to be what's happening and when you just focus on the reality without any kind of idea of what that is it just feels like a load off there it's a load off of your your energy that's just constantly being sucked away you know Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so okay so what do you think what do you think it is that most often we try to control that we have no control over and vice versa I don't know if this is true of myself or or anybody else, but it was definitely the the one thing that 
feels like it comes up the most for me. It just, I am constantly, and as as much as I have any insights into this, uh, or I've had any insights into this, it seems like it's just this monster that just keeps coming up. I want to get things done, get them done right. I don't want anything to happen incorrectly. And it's just constantly trying to control outside circumstances, which has got to be on that list of things I can't control in Epictetus's, you know, list. Now, what do you think that you have the most control over? I would love to say it would be my own point of view, but... (laughs) um, (laughs) But maybe, my, maybe not not that that anyone has control over you know from moment to moment and not not as in how well they're doing but what they have access to whether they do it or not what's the actual number one thing that they can control I think point of view would be a good one for sure it, it is it it almost seems I don't know if that's just ironic because it you you look at your own experience, you look at at least your perception of other people and the way they, they act, it feels like because we're so we're so involved in the outside world that as much as we should have total or, you know, some kind of control over our own perspective, our own perspective is hijacked by what's happening outside and a need for things to go a certain way and not go another way. You know, our ideas of everything are all, they're all wrapped up in the, the outside story of the world, even the story of ourselves. And, I mean, who's going to want to try to let go of that? when we're all trying to we're we're trying to perfect that yeah i'm trying to get my instagram real tight yeah <laughs> <laughs> i will feel in control i'll finally get the i'll get my uh pot at the end of the rainbow when everybody loves me and i love myself and and uh, but and yet we always want more and I, I don't mean to beat a dead horse uh, regarding that stuff. It seems like there's a lot of cliches with that. But um, you kind of have to see the limitations. You kind of have to see those attempts fail or see the, the see the limitations of living your life that way before you're ever going to stop trying to control that Uh, one of the things i i had listened to people talk about and read about and even wrote about was um i think i was listening to a a video from uh i don't know what he would call himself uh he certainly seems like somebody who's gone all the way if you want to call it that but uh adashanti and a lot of people ask him questions and a lot of the questions are centering around uh, this idea of enlightenment. And as much as these people are around him all the time and listening to him, it seems like they just, 
they they can't understand but one of his comments was everybody's trying to get enlightened it's like they're all trying to surrender but you can't do that you you also want a whole lot of other things you just want to you're trying to control your destination you've got to see you got to step back and see how you're constantly unenlightening yourself which is the opposite but it's really kind of the way you have to go about it i that's why i thought that exercise of you know kind of waiting for the the control reflex to happen also seeing that it's not necessarily if we're going to call that control maybe i've already said this but if there is control do i have it do i have control of control and it seemed like the only time i really did was when i that like there was some distance from it and that kind of knee jerk reaction But in that case, it's kind of what Aji is saying. It's, I'm, I have to watch how there's, I have, I have to watch and I guess become, not that I'm going to try to get knowledgeable about it, but I, I have to really see it directly that there's this process that comes up in awareness, just like a thought or a feeling or whatever. And it seems a little different. But I, I kind of noticed that it was like the spasm. And I feel like normally I would feel like I, I did that. It's, it's me going, no, absolutely not. It's going to go this way. But when I was watching it, it was separate. Like I didn't do that. I didn't have, I didn't make this thought. I didn't choose to make this thought, whatever. And I could see that all this stuff coming up was just a, like a it's a it's a pattern that has regularity in my life because I'm attending to it all the time mm-hmm. and watching it come up and dissipate on its own was kind of like that's the method to iron out these little patterns that that are unenlightening if you want to call it that and you know, 180 degrees in the opposite direction, it seems like, oh, that's how you, that's how you surrender. You don't, you can't surrender. I kind of got the feeling that surrender happens when there's, it's a, it's a failing of what you believe. It's a failing of what you are, sort of like a, a pattern that's a, one little piece of your tapestry that's kind of not getting attended to it it jumps up and says grab me grab me let's go let's do this and then you just watch it and and you realize wow i didn't i'm not the one that made you happen and then it just sulks goes away and and then all of a sudden something else comes up And that might seem very ironic to people that are trying to be enlightened or trying to surrender. It's like, no, you'll never, that will never happen that way. That I think I've even heard some people say that it's, you can't stop thoughts. You can't stop 
feelings. You can't stop all that stuff. You can't drop those things. They'll drop you when you don't feed them. Interesting. Yeah, but what if you just buy another book, you know? Maybe the next <laughs> one will have it. And I will do that. It does it. I will absolutely do that. <laughs> I like the point of view. Controlling your point of view. Because it seems so obvious, but when we talk about something like self-control, it's not like your point of view. It's not losing your shit at a Best Buy or something, you know, like not punching somebody or something. That's you get. You need to show some self control. You need to fit in. You need to be mellow and roll. You know, with what's going on, roll with the punches. Show some self control. But point of view is interesting because there's like a, a a practice where you go through and you know, say this is me, and then well, if I cut off your hand, are you still you? Yes. Was your hand you? No. That was a part of me. That was a, a portion of me. Now it's not you keep chopping everything off until you get to virtually nothing. And that's when you get to the funny part is like you, you literally, all you are is a point of view. You're just viewing all these, all these inputs of senses mm-hmm. and it creates this kind of amalgam of who you are. And it's really strange to go through and kind of separate those things and look at each one. Like, is that sense me? Or are these thoughts me or are these all just things I'm experiencing like out there as well? Yeah. But to not be in control of our point of view is to not have self-control. Now the self, you could go into the whole thing with that too, with the ego being, you know, the false self or the, the projection of who you are out there. But just the point of view, controlling your point of view, that might be the bedrock of control that you can have. And it controls your attitude. It controls what kind of thoughts you want to accept. It's as simple as that. That's really at the eye of the storm. Mm-hmm. Get back there. That's your most powerful place you can be, probably. Yeah, I think that, um, well, even, you know, all the unlimited ways that ego can be, and I'm sure we're not done exploring I mean, just even yourself, but also the, you know, the, the other people that you see ego can be a trillion different ways, an infinite number of ways. And every single one of those is a point of view, although you don't, you don't have any distance from it. So essentially it feels like you are that point of view without awareness of it. But when you step back to pay attention and see that there's a point of view there's power there there's a sense of there is a sense of surrender a sense of what you i guess what we could call control and yet ironically it's you see that i'm not this point of view over here i i can see it i'm the thing that can be aware of it and And I don't know if I have control in those situations or it's just that, wow, there is this sense that there is control in the universe, basically. I started kind of having that feeling, too. It's, I think even the, 
the sense that, ooh, I have control, I have possession of it, is it's a it's a dirty little game <laughs> that sucks you into, I'm sure, eh, you know, finer and finer grades of reactivity. Um, but it starts out really sneaky like that. Things that, oh, like, who's going to deny that, that we can have control over things in our world? And, you know, you don't watch yourself, you find yourself, you know, uh, having some pretty crazy points of view and believing them wholeheartedly. Yeah, a lot of it's relationship, too, just hearing you say that. You know, it's what relationship do you have when you really get back to that point? Because you're no longer this little thing, you know, in the vast universe kind of going through your day. Instead, you have a relationship with it. You change a little bit. And you see how everything changes around you. Yeah. Your your interpretation of things kind of changes and it makes everything kind of strange. Now, I mean, if you talk too much about that and you go too far into it, you kind of become a fucking weirdo. So it's like that's <laughs> it's it's not it's not where you want to really be all the time, I don't think. But it's also kind of a cool game that's just kind of a secret between you and the world because you can have that perspective and it is kind of trippy and it's cool. I think it can be taken poorly too. So it's not it's yeah. not like some grand fix or anything, but it is weird. It is weird changing up how you approach things a little bit really does change a lot of reactions from others, things that come your way. I think that's a it's kind of a cool experiment to mess around with because it really does it has some effect. Effect beyond the normal kind of material way, materialist view of going about things. Yeah, there's there's some web of interconnection that kind of shows itself and gives you a wink, and those synchronicities and quotidian miracles become kind of more commonplace. Where it's not yeah. it's not some austere, you know, great. And I probably didn't even use that word in the right context, but it's not some grand thing. It's just kind of like yeah, you know, there's waves going on. It's kind of funky stuff happens here and there. It's kind of cool. It, I love that it works that way. I I don't like that as much as I've seen it. If you want to say that I've seen it, I I still hate that it doesn't happen all the time. And it, <laughs> it's so often, you know. And are, that, you, are you saying you hate that you can't control it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's only going to be real when Chris Ellering can control it. Uh, Damn. Then you write like, your then you write a book and then a bunch of people want to figure out how you do it. Wow, you're so yeah. great. And it's still, yeah. I It's hard to fathom that and I've heard I've seen people talk about it as being you know, from if there is a point of view even beyond the different, the varying points of view that are constantly happening, it seems like it's devoid of any real importance of what's happening here, what's happening here. It's just a very, you get closer and closer to this kind of central access. And that must be what you fundamentally are, or the, I don't know what it is, but 
you can't say what that is, but it feels like everything hinges upon that center. And we always want to make something real outside of that and put meaning, objective meaning, objective truth in all these things. But you ask anybody what anything is, and they will tell you what they think it is. You ask any anybody what anything means, and they will tell you what they think it means, the meaning that they endow, the, the meaning that's in their world. And whatever it is, I mean, every single attempt to say, no, the authority is over there, and you're like, says who? Well, says that guy. Says who? You, you keep wanting to point the finger outside, whether it's somebody else is to blame or somebody else is the authority or, you know, it's not me. Even when it becomes your character. But all of that is just all the narrative that you're holding on to. But what is this thing holding on to this? It, it You want to... You're, you're constantly aiming away from that central access and it's a scary place to look. I don't think, you know, it's, it's hard to look in that. And we want to, even when it, you know, we have these defense mechanisms to say at least that that's, I don't know if I'm explaining this right, but it's the difference between being aimed outward and inward. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I, I agree. And how do you make that change? How do you make the change from looking at things outward to inward? What's the what's the axis that that moves on? I think uh, I hate saying things that I've seen because it feels like such a I don't know if it's something that I'm saying that somebody else has told me or something that I've read or and I know I've read and listened to all this before but it is quite something different when you see it you you I think these the the one superpower in this place is awareness and and it doesn't i don't think it helps anybody to hear that it it doesn't give you an idea of what the real thing is you have to use it and it, and that doesn't even make sense saying that it when awareness when there is a when there is awareness of something whether it's good or Mostly in this case, I think uh, when I think of efforts to control things or efforts to, you know, move from an, I'm not even talking about spirituality or anything, but just an un unenlightened perspective or a, an unfavorable perspective, awareness of the situation, awareness of all the thing, all the perceptions seem like that's the one thing that pulls you out of the dream and and not in a bad way it 
when there's not awareness, we're we're projecting everything that we believe, everything we've been told, everything that we've said, everything that we think we are. And um, life, reality is a projection of what, of this narrative, of this story, of you, of, of truth, whatever, you know, in quotes. Whereas attention takes you back to a kind of a spooky place. In a way, there's nothing really going on. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> but, but, and yet you see everything. And we are, our words screw it up. Our, our words it can only screw it up because even just saying that, um, you have to ask you who. <laughs> I think it's probably better to say that there is awareness of something. There is awareness of these thoughts. There is awareness of these feelings, of these circumstances, of these beliefs, of these sensations, visual images, whatever. And, but we want to insert all these things that we know absolutely are true. No, I think that, and I did, I, I thought that, and there is a me and it has a body, you know, you're talking about layers of beliefs that you, there's, there hasn't really been that much awareness of. You want to assert something like I have a body, but if you really pay attention, you realize there's just awareness of sensations and visual images. Are you sure there's a body? There's a sensation which you gives credence to this belief that's within awareness as well that, okay, this is my vehicle. But you start picking it apart and you realize it's just, it's almost like a, uh, like a TV, like being turned on and you see all the frequencies coming together and playing an entire symphony of visual images and audio and all that. And yet you start to pick them apart and realize, oh, they're separate. And uh, there's awareness of every single one of those. But when you play them all together, it gives this experience of, you know, of the a whole picture. And once you start to, once there's thoughts and beliefs and knowledge about what the images are and what the, you know, the, the, the sounds being played and the sensations, all of a sudden there's this story that builds and builds and builds, builds credence and importance. And before you know it, you know, by the time you're an adult, you have, you have such a, you have such a belief in this real world. And I mean, it seems like everybody's playing that game. It just seems like it's meant to, it can get a little crazy. I don't really want to disbelieve in all of it, but I I just want to have a better ride, whatever this place is. Well, choose a better point of view. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean, though. Like, it, it, it's weird how these are kind of primary questions, like foundational questions of being in, being a human in this place. And it's not, 
it, it almost seems like a taboo kind of conversation to have where it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> if someone hasn't, you know, had the, the interest in these kinds of ways of looking at things, it's like, what are you talking about? It just sounds like, sounds like bullshit. It's like, well, from this perspective, that sounds a lot like bullshit. Yeah. I guess it's all just bullshit, so choose choose your bullshit. <laughs> I, I I like it when people... There's this one that came up. I probably already... I mean, I just said it in a, a loose way, but I liked it whenever somebody... Instead of fighting somebody as far as... Um, I'm recalling that character in the Jed McKenna book, uh, a grandma that, you know, Jed's talking about something, his, his theory of everything. And grandma says bullshit. And he goes, turns out I love grandma. (laughs) Um, But you're not going to be able to convince somebody of the unreality of anything. But there are little, I don't know what you would call them, but little questions that seem to point the person right back at themselves. One that's come up for me lately is, and it it doesn't matter. I there's no way to believe in it. You really have to look at it and kind of inquire. You have to take it as a as a personal exercise. But we don't even know how a thought is generated like we we're so used to saying that we think this but like you were saying you know to 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 point yourself back at your points of view paying attention to the birth you know what causes a thought how does it come up how does it go does anybody know how they actually think you have no idea how you think. It's just effortless. It it almost seems like something that you you don't have to be knowledgeable or good enough to to think. It's something so it's like riding a bike, probably more so. It's there's no effort involved, and if I think if you really pay attention, you'll see that something happens that triggers it. It's like one visual pattern out in the world that you have your own visual, I mean, your own pattern, your belief patterns about. So when something happens, there's just this automatic triggering of this thought that just kind of comes up. And I think it's true with a lot of things. For the most part, everything's just happening in awareness. And we're so identified, so attached to the character and the his beliefs and and the reality of the situation and what the definitions of what everything is and isn't that somehow we have this very real experience that we did that and that we thought that and we chose that thought and we feel this and and it's spooky when you go the opposite direction and you kind of you disempower that stuff as a as opposed to give it attention and it's probably a slippery slope to even explain attention about it because in one way you're feeding it with more energy so you kind of there's the 
the strengthening patterns versus the the, the lessening of patterns. So I think the key is awareness, and yet I'm starting to see it's not really something that you have. It really is what you are. Mm-hmm. And you, as you know yourself to be, and this world as you know it to be, is something that comes up in you or in awareness. And it's a trip because... How the hell is that a spooky thing? Because when you start to see it, you realize the real spooky thing is everything that everybody believes, everything that I believe. Mm-hmm. That's that's the weird shit. <laughs> well, I think that you're, like, you're talking about where thoughts come from. I think most thoughts are kind of reactionary. So mm-hmm. it is, it's, it's just not the best way to go, you know, as far as you can't control everything with them, but you can have some sort of acceptance or denial of like, nah, I'm not going to listen to that. And then they kind of change. Yeah. You don't have to generate each one. It's kind of like breathing. They're going to keep happening no matter what. You can decide to breathe better and try to make that a habit. But when I think about like where thoughts come from, it's kind of like, you know, when you picture something, you imagine something and it's really good and sharp in your mind's eye, but it's not like you're seeing it. You're using like a different sense of imagining. It's not like you close your eyes and you see it in front of you. I mean, maybe you can, but maybe some people can. I don't. I I picture it in another way. And I kind of think that thoughts are in that same kind of place. Yeah. Almost like they're the the auditory, the silent audible input where this the mind's eye is like the silent visual input. Yeah. It's like what's what's behind actually seeing, what's behind actually hearing. It's internal. There's a difference between the, I don't know if you call that the the mental visual or the and the mental audio, uh, the mental sounds, and yet if you're trying to really see it, it's it's a different. It it isn't like seeing, the way we normally think of it or hearing. It's, no, it's not. Yeah. But playing with that, you know, like playing with 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 visualization and I think that I think it's a mystery just where that even is. And just getting down to that, thinking about it, I feel like makes it more accessible. Yeah, I, great question. Where, where the hell is it? Yeah. Because you really start to look for it and you swear that you see it, you swear that you hear it, but the more you try, the more like I, I know it's I. I'm not making this up, but <laughs> but I. It's definitely a different sense. We we might not. I. There's a lot of things we don't have a a, a human knowledge of to that degree, and maybe it's probably fruitless to try. It's more uh, maybe. It, whatever this means, but it's, it's a more direct attention, more direct experience. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it, it requires its own language, I guess. And maybe that would be one with less words. <laughs> I think so. I think it's, it's beyond what words can describe. It's 
It's beyond here. It's your connection with something. It kind of brings up a thought that, um, I don't know. I, I think uh, I'm sure I definitely know I'm not the only one. I'm sure you guys, uh, both you and Phil have felt this, but, um, when I had first read, uh, that one book from Jed, I, I had probably read or heard things before that were cool or I could kind of dig. You know, I, I remember watching The Matrix and having that moment of hearing, you know, uh, the, the, span, uh, the spoon isn't bending, you are. You know, like, oh, wow, cool. But still it felt like something so, it was out of a fortune cookie. You know, it wasn't direct. But I remembered reading Jed. And, God, I still have apprehension about saying his name out loud. I don't know what it is. Um, But he said things, and not necessarily how I had ever thought about them before, but there was just this direct sense that he knows. Like, I wasn't wrong. I, I had these weird kind of just automatic thoughts of so that wasn't bullshit that wasn't just some apparition in my mind or sense that there's more to this place like there's an actual there's people that have gone there there's people that have explored once again it was it had nothing to do with Heath had the same thought he used the same words he didn't I just had this sense of the underlying meaning below his words and i think that's what i think that's what the i I, we're we're playing with metaphors we're always doing that regardless of how authoritative we think our knowledge is i think we're just playing with metaphors and instead of getting more precise and exact, we're just getting more elaborative and, albeit creative, wonderful, we're exploring consciousness, but it's outward. Inward is a, is a very different thing. And if, if there's a, we're, a word for what I'm doing, I think it's that. And it doesn't explain a whole lot, not in a, a human sense. So I'm I'm li- I feel like I'm likely to be have someone say okay you're weird, and my response if I'm being honest is yeah you're you're telling me, you know it's it's not any less weird to me than it is for anybody else, and yet I I there's something to it obviously. I think it's it's a point of view that's oriented further back from you know normal associations that we have, which are very outward, and they're they're taking in smaller slices of the landscape and trying to instead of trying to place the point of view even beyond oneself and trying to look at everything, try to understand from a much wider viewpoint of how does all this work. And then really starting to kind of dig down and experience it. I don't think I don't think that's something that 
there's too much uh too much reward for you know it's not gonna get you money or anything <laughs> why why would why would it be the norm you know it reminds me it reminds me of uh Bill Murray and Caddyshack, so I got that going for me, which is nice. yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the very end, you're going to understand the whole thing. Cool. <laughs> Until then, keep washing those balls. <laughs> <laughs> it it definitely... Uh, well, the nice thing about it, I think, that moving in that direction, you don't feel this abiding sense of everything's under control. I mean, moving towards that is probably just a a failing of every single knee-jerk reaction to try to control and a failing of, you know, your attachment to everything that you believe in. But when you do have those failures, if you want to call them that, I that's kind of what I see them as. It's almost like a, if it's, if it's, a spiritual victory, it really is better to call it a spiritual, uh, a human, an egoic failure, you know. And, but anytime I have ever, anytime any one of those failures occurred, there was this surrender, if you, if you want to use that word. It just felt like all the energy became, it's no longer this spasm located where I could feel it. It just, dissipated and there was i i my my brain was going crazy all these thoughts coming up saying this i remember um just recently i was talking to phil about that one what i feel is probably you know my spiritual if you want to call it that spiritual cherry being popped or whatever coming out of that class and it really felt like this failure to try to control happens and there's no effort. There's the, the, the grasping, the reflex, the spasm is just ironed out and I'm looking around and I'm on that razor's edge without trying. I'm just there. I'm here. I'm not lost in the past and present or past and future or even the present. It, but, but my brain, the, the thoughts instantly start to say, what is this? This is real power. This is real freedom. This is bliss. This is ecstasy. This is happiness. This is peace. And even all of that was coming and going. I remember writing it down afterward, like everything became a cartoon that I was watching. And it was coming up and going down. And like there was just wasn't something I had to think about. I didn't have to. It's not like I was trying not to attach. It's just there was no attachment. That's the best I can explain it. Things were rising and falling. And I had a sense, at least now I have a sense, that maybe that's what's always happening. But the the, the mode of our lives, the, our point of view, is so wrapped up in everything happening that we're just these spasms are always happening. They're keeping us from seeing it. We're so engaged that we can't see where the real power is. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's 
it's it's not sexy it's not i don't know it's uh it's it's amazing but it it's like you said it's not something that's likely to it's it's not going to sell because it's free it's just a it's just a simple shift in point of view if you can do it yeah no oh, it's in a hell it's a hell of a shift but we're so we're so convinced that the the pot at the end of the rainbow is at the end somewhere else it's it's going to be after all this effort and ironically it probably is after a lot of effort but from what i've seen it always kind of feels like well we think you're going to do all this effort and you're going to be rewarded for it and what you are and what you think you are is still going to be intact but all i've ever seen has been a transformation of myself and the world into something else so whatever whatever i was is no longer there whatever i am is now different by god you've done it yeah sure 